Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by French composer Olivier Derivier for the game Get Even, which comes out in a couple of weeks. The plot's a big secret, so much so that Olivier couldn't tell us much about it at all, but the music is fabulous, and it's amazing because it renders in real time. While you're playing through the game, the music plays intricately according to your pace and actions, way more than the interactivity that's become the norm in games these days. So Olivier recorded the score with the Brussels Philharmonic and then also with a couple of soloists that he knows in the France area. <laughs> they all sound so, so very good. The style of the score is a genre called minimalism, which started in New York in the early 60s. This is a classical music movement that uh, became a huge deal and still is. Uh, perhaps the most famous example of early minimalism comes from composer Terry Riley with a piece called In C, and it sounds like this. So as you can hear in this instance, phrases are repeated over and over again, and the harmony doesn't change much, if at all, over long stretches of time. Other prominent minimalist composers include John Adams, Philip Glass, Steve Reich, and Olivier will mention an Estonian composer named Arvo Pert, whom we've discussed here on Level before. I'll put all these names in the article on Patreon. Oh, and if you're looking for examples of minimalism in films, you can check out many of British composer Michael Nyman's scores. My very first conscious experience of falling in love with minimalism was from his score to the 1993 film The Piano, which uh, was a good starting point. And I do not mean that as a diss, because listening back to The Piano for this very episode makes me realize how frickin' fantastic that score is. so good. I recommend you listen to it. It's not exactly uplifting, but it is a fantastic score, so check it out. So that's a crash course in minimalism, and regarding Olivier's music, I thoroughly enjoyed this score, had a great conversation with him, even though he couldn't really tell us much about the game, and of course, that's the first thing I asked him to do. That's the, the trickiest part of uh, this game. We can't speak about it because it's like um, usual suspects the movie. Oh. If I start telling you, you know, about the, the overall story without giving you the very clue that makes this movie such an impressive and great movie, uh, game. it's difficult. No, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the movie Usual Suspects. I don't know oh, if you know that movie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah no, that's a fantastic yeah. movie, but you're right. You can't, yeah, you can't say a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to tell anything about the game. So it's difficult to say what's really going on in the game and what you're telling, the fact that it feels very like scary 
is not very much the core of the game. Actually, it's not the game at all. Hmm. People might think it's a horror game, but it's misleading them. And this is the whole point with this game, actually. This game is, is about misleading you into things you think you understand, you think you get, and all of a sudden it goes like, oh, no, that wasn't that. But it's it's also true with the gameplay. You know, the gameplay is very... I'd say it takes a lot from a lot of games, such as shooters, of course, but there are like only maybe four times you really shoot at people and it's you know it's like 10% of the game. Hmm. And then you have those puzzles, but there are not these many. Then you have those moments that are very emotional such uh, in you know those games such as uh, Everybody's Gone to Rapture or the latest Remains of Edith Finch very uh, narrative-driven. And also you have this thing that is um, really unique to the game. It's not a VR game, but it happens in VR. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's complicated to explain, you know, the, the overall experience. I did, of course, watch the trailer, and you really don't get much, but you do get to see things like, you know, a little bit of the gameplay. Obviously, you get to see that it's first person. You get to see that you're inside, but you're also outside. You get to see sometimes you have weapons, like you said, sometimes you don't. I mean, they don't give you much, but you do get a little bit of a sense of you know, what the game is going to feel like in terms of the, the play itself. And did you score the trailer? Actually, the, depending on which one you're talking, but most of them, yes, I did the score. Okay. And there is the side story, and I would say it's much more a prequel uh, that is now live, and we have four episodes so far, and there will be six. And it tells a story that, of course, you won't get at all, but, <laughs> you know, that's the difficulty of you know, marketing the team, you know, the marketing. They were like, how can we explain, you know, th yeah. about this game? So it's it's complicated. I totally understand why you and everybody by watching at those trailers would think, oh, that's a horror game, that's a shooter. or, And there is part of that that is so right. <laughs> but it's so, I mean, it's such like a piece of the cake. I mean, the cake is so much bigger and broader. <laughs> so how did you, how long have you been involved? When did you get uh, to work on, on the music? So Get Even happened right after I was done with Remember Me. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it was a long time ago, not that I started working on it, but the fact that the team over there wanted me to work <laughs> on the, the game. So it took a long time for them to do the game. So, you know, for maybe two years, even more, I don't remember. But actually, when I very much started, it was last, not like, January 2017, but January 16. So I started working on the game and I worked for about eight months.
along with this whole uniqueness of the project, the music renders during gameplay, and that is not easy. So can you tell me about that? I want to talk about this quite a bit because it, it fascinates me. So how did you accomplish that? Well, that's why I spent eight months. You know, I didn't spend eight months to write a score, but rather to try things. And this is what I really love about video games. It's the fact that we can try things. This is also why I went and took this opportunity to, to make Gateven, because number one, as it's not a, let's say, big budget AAA game, we are a smaller team and we can talk to each other and we can sort of influence the whole vision of the game. And this is so thrilling to do that. So when I got the job and I started to work with them, I started giving ideas about how music could work on the game. And they were like totally open-minded and be, and even more, I mean, they wanted to push, you know, the ideas. And the main idea was that the premises of any music should be that since we're in a VR world, the music cannot start on its own like an illustration, like many, let's say, movies, games, or anything like this, you know, where you have, of course, the scenery, and in the background, the music will, you know, support the emotion, whatever that is on screen. Here, we cannot start the music like that. We needed to have sort of a <laughs> in-source sound that would start the music. And why would we want to do this? It was, I mean, it is because you're playing not in VR, but in the world of a VR environment. And so you're playing memories, okay? And those memories are fulfilled with a lot of things. And sound is a very big part of memories, you know? And so it was like, okay, what can trigger music in an environment that is very realistic? And this is where I started, you know? I was like, okay, if you sit down and you're here and you're like, okay, how can I start music with any sound that is in this very room I'm in. And then you start listening and listening, and then you have the room tone. The room tone is like going like, you know, there's this thing. And that was, you know, the beginning of everything. <laughs> it means that for the first level, let's say, let's talk about level, the first scene, you're going under, you know, a basement and following like rooms after rooms, corridors, you know, hallways. It's a very creepy each of these rooms have room tones and all of those room tones are basically in C. And what happens is that these room tones starts to become bigger and bigger and to become dronic, you know, like this sort of do, you know. Sure. And then we have light buzz from those worker, you know, they use those lights, you know, that are very strong light. Yes. And uh, they make like something like bzzz. Yep. And so those lights as well are in C, you know? And so what happens is that the more you go into the level, the bigger those sounds become and they start morphing into this drone and everything is in real time, you know? It's like yeah. if you turn around, the you know, the sound will turn with you, you know? <laughs> so it creates this atmosphere that you might think, oh, okay, so they're building up, you know, something. But it's not the point, you know? Why would we do this? We do that because at the end of the level, it's not like spoiling anybody, you know, it's at the mm. end of the level, you get into this room where there is this trapped girl, kidnapped girl, and she has a bomb on her. And there is a clock and the clock is ticking. 
And the thing is, what happens is, if you start from the very beginning of the level, you hear this sort of mechanism that is very slow, like you don't understand what's that. And the more you go into the basement, the faster the mechanism. To become this very clock. And at the end, the drone, which is in C, the clock, and the pre recorded, so like live musician, a piano and violin, solo violin, mm-hmm. are playing. And the wonderful thing is the drone in C is doing the piano pedal and uh-huh. doubling the piano pedal in real time, following what the pianist did, no click, no nothing. And everything happens in real time. I mean, this is like blending the real world of the game to, you know, the actual music, the score, in a way that never, you know, nobody experienced before. How many stems or separate chunks of music does it take? Because, I mean, these are all things that are all layering and coming in and out. So, you know, can you give me kind of a sense of that? Or The funniest thing is these very parts up to the piano and the violin is just two bars of music. It's just a MIDI triggering things in the game. <laughs> so that's, that's what's wonderful. So the tempo, for instance, you know, in MIDI, the protocol MIDI, you know, lets you do whatever you want with tempo, pitch, velocity, all of that. Okay. So I have control over everything in real time, meaning that what happens is the clock is triggered in MIDI. Mm-hmm. And so I can change the tempo and it's just one bar that goes like clock, you know, start on the downbeat of the bar actually. And it goes in loop. And <laughs> as the tempo goes faster, the loop is going faster. And it's it's a wonder because if they change the pace, if they change, you know, the level architecture or anything like this, mm-hmm. it's just one parameter and the music will follow. Basically, let's say that Gediven is both conventional use of music, as many games did, let's say in a way that I use it, let's say like in Remember Me or Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed, you know, so very like interactive, dependent. But the thing is this second layer, which is what we're talking about, the real-time generating sounds and music is done in parallel with this recording. So what I did is... I go and I record the full section, violins, with the soloist, and everybody's playing together, no click. So we have music that is like completely, let's say, expressive. Yes. Sometimes we used click, but a lot of times there is no click. And then what happens is I can import this and I can generate all of the sounds that are in the game in real time, but 
with the same tempo sure. that we use for the violin. So let's say there is this level at some point where you're going in this asylum that you know about if you watch the trailers and everybody is knocking on doors. They go like, boom, the party, boom, the party. And they are all following the solo violin and solo piano. And it's all in real time around you. I know it's 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 kind of complicated to get it. Because, <laughs> yeah. But when you play it, it's just crazy because you're like, oh my God, it's a musical like happening in real time around you. And even the lyrics are changed depending on what you're doing. The, the minimalist aspects of the score are so good. So talk to me a little bit about minimalism and if that's what they wanted or if that just felt natural for the for the game. It's not like, it's not they wanted, you know, it's not I wanted. It's just when you're in a team, you know, like that and the vision yeah. is shared by everybody. It's like, this is what we need. You know, it's like, there is no question from anybody. It's like, oh yeah, that's what we need. So it's the game that needed that. So we went into minimalism because the, this game actually is very emotional. It's a very, 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 very emotional game. Mm. It's The story is very much heartbreaking. You'll end up the game in tears, maybe. That's something that nobody expects from mm. the traders. But it's, it's not about that. It's not about horror or shooting, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a human, a very human story about someone who made a very bad decision and has a lot of regrets about that. But you can't go back in time. Hmm. Although he's trying using the technology somehow to go back in time. And when you know the whole game and the whole story, it's fascinating. <laughs> So we went minimalism because it's a story about, let's say, three characters and not much more. Mm -hmm. And it's about human feelings and it's proximity, you know, mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. First of all, we're, I know we're going to talk about this orchestra a lot. So let's talk about the Brussels Philharmonic because they're fantastic. Yes. It's a very interesting story because at first, I wasn't aiming to work with them on this project. I had other orchestra in my mind, although, you know, they were there. But what happened is that as we were working on the project, we found out that there is a technology that we wanted to use, and it's called Oro 3D. And it's a technology that makes you feel much more wearing headphones, much okay. more inside the world, like the sound perspective is much more natural. And it happens that the very company that makes this technology is also handling the Brussels Philharmonic. And so they could record in Oro 3D as well. So that was like, wow, so let's go back because I went there for Assassin's Creed because 
Assassin's Creed was, you know, Belgium, French, and Haitian reunited to do this score. But for this one, you know, it was a rather technology, <laughs> uh, let's say, fate, you know, that made me come back. I mean, I was very happy and I'm very, very thrilled by the, the result. But yes, they've been doing an amazing job because this music was very, very difficult yeah. to apprehend because you cannot pinpoint, as you say, it's like, oh, there is some action and all of a sudden, like, you know, disturbing and then it's like a film noir and then it's very emotional and then it's, you know, it's all over the place, like the game, actually. <laughs> so they, they've been very, 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 very good, you know, very amazing doing this. Yeah. And tell me about the violin soloist. Was that the concertmaster or was that someone else? No, two soloists. For the orchestra, what I do love, and this is something that I always do, I never want to record separate parts. Like, oh, we have the orchestra there, the uh, solo is there. You know, I know engineers, they love this. You know, <laughs> it's much better to, you know, to make the sound better and to tweak. But I don't like that. Mm. And this is why also I work with the best musicians I can. So every time you hear the orchestra, that's the concertmaster of the Brussels Philharmonic, Otto. Oh, okay. And, um, and uh, all the soloists are there with the orchestra, playing with the, the orchestra. So, you know, okay. the music is, you know, they understand what's going on, which is very important to me. So, yeah, and it is a fantastic job. And then we have the uh, piano and the violin solo mm -hmm. uh, by uh, Romain Descharmes. And the uh, violin is Sébastien Surel. They are French. And uh, it was critical. Those two pieces that we recorded, Rehearsal and Regrets, are the key of the whole game. So I was very happy, you know, with the performance as well. One of the tracks that I listened to several times yesterday and today is mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, called Homicide Case because yeah, sure. the the middle part where everything starts to swell and yeah. the violinist does this really great kind of cadenza-y kind of improvisation-y <laughs> kind of thing and, and I love that moment. So, I'd, you know, without giving any story away, maybe you could just talk about constructing that because it's it's a really neat piece. It's interesting. That's the one you, you picked. I loved writing this one because it feels completely out of the picture, you know, in some ways, because all of a sudden it feels, as I said, like a film noir, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, and you have this. And in the game, you know, it happens the same way although everything is in real time. So when you take a picture, you hear the strings chord and all of that. And so why do you have all of a sudden these notes, aleatoric notes that I gave him, you know, Otto, and I told him that's, you know, how we want this to happen, like completely off the grid for you. So the orchestra would do like the natural tempo, but you would go completely out of it, 
and do mm-hmm. your own thing. Mm-hmm. It's because in the game, of course, something very weird is happening. <laughs> I can't tell. But it's all connected, you know. And once again, it's all in real time. So huh. whatever you're doing, the music is following what you're doing. It's sequenced, of course. You know, it's not like, oh, there are like multiple paths. It's just one path. But the pace is up to the player. So you feel completely involved every time you step to the next moment of the game. You mentioned that you had the pianist and violinist from France. Uh, Did you add any other instruments outside the orchestra or those two? Well, the one instrument that I do love is electronic post-processing. It's um, <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's my thing. You know, I, I really enjoy using this post-processing on uh, live recordings. It creates something that is completely new, yet genuinely authentic. You know, from the actual performance of the musicians. It's not like samples based or anything like this. It's those sounds are coming up from the recording. So let's say, you know, it's like this very piece you were talking about. It starts with a police siren, you know, mm-hmm. and then the strings are following the police siren, like doing all those glissandos, you know, tremolos, blending with the police siren. And then there is this part where the soloist comes in and then everything goes backward. You know, you feel like, oh, it's going backward. Mm-hmm. And then you're back into the right feel, let's say, forward, you know, and this is what I love, you know, it's you feel it's the actual performance, but there is something that is not natural in terms of performance, but the sound is natural. to anybody that is listening, you know, the one clue that is very obvious is the clock. Yeah. And, you know, clock, if you think about a clock, what does it mean? You know, it means time for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, this game is about time. And what is time? It's about fate. You know, you cannot fight against time. You know, Mm -hmm. time will happen. Whatever happens, it's going to move on. And you can't do anything about this. But... This guy going back in time using the technology, trying to trick reality with the bomb ticking. So time is now different because there is this bomb and it's a ticking bomb, you know? So I'm giving it some clues, you know, you're like, oh, there is something (laughs) here. And then there are also a number of other sounds that I don't want to spoil here. But if you're careful playing the game or listening to the soundtrack, you will find out a lot of things, such as if you're listening to Rehearsal, which is number four. Yeah, it's like a mini violin sonatina, kind of, you know, just violin and piano, and it's fantastic. Yeah, and if you're listening to number, I don't know, but Delusions, the one that is much darker, it's actually the same theme, the exact same music. But, you know, already it's difficult for some people to get it, you know. 
Ja. But in the game, you will get it. So the clock one, I'm pretty sure that's the third track called Wake Up. Is that the clock one? Um, so Wake Up, no. The oh. clock one is the one before that. It's right. called uh, Trauma. Okay, okay, okay. So well, number, two, number three is Wake Up, yeah. Yeah, and is so I assume that's probably not prepared piano then. Is that like post-production on a piano? Yes, that you made? got it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. It totally sounds like it. It you know could be a real prepared piano. So tell me about that uh, choice yeah, that's, sonically that, there. Sure. I mean, it's the first question we need to ask ourselves is what is it playing? Because nothing in this music is. I mean, everything has sense, has a meaning behind it. So mm -hmm. if you hear this thing, it means there is a meaning. So. If you listen carefully, very carefully to this piano, it goes with, let's say, one of the main theme, regret. Okay. okay. That goes like. Da, 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 da. This piano is playing that. it's hard to hear it. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, now I know because, you know, the composer told me. <laughs> uh, but if you if you don't pay much attention, you just hear this sort of texture and, you know, piano far away. But there is this meaning behind it. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have, like, the natural piano because that's the recording of a natural piano. But going into this post-process, which could be like the memory, you know, a way for the memory to start recalling things. Yeah. You know, because as I said, he's waking up. There's a million other things <laughs> that we can talk about here. I want to know where you come from compositionally in terms of your love or, you know, experience with minimalism. So who do you like to listen to? Well, the one person that everybody, I guess, should listen to, because as my father told me when I was a kid, is Arvo Part. He said to me, when you're listening to Arvo Part, you're hearing God. <laughs> and that was like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And uh, not that my father is a, a religious man at all, but the way I see it is like you're facing yourself. And so that's the one person that I could very much relate to when I go minimalism.
minimalism is something that I very much enjoy when it comes to emotions. You know, I don't want to, I, I'm not a very lyrical person, even though there is like one or two parts in this game where the music goes like a little bigger, but it's video games, you need to give sometimes a lot of support for the emotions to go through. But otherwise, I mean, it's a very, very simple textual thing. Yet, as you said, you know, sometimes it goes a little crazy and I might say that like delusions, and this is much more like a Shostakovich, uh, Shostakovich uh, style, you know, sure. than anything else. There are so many things I would like to add uh, concerning the music, but I can't because <laughs> it will give away too much. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening to the, the soundtrack from the very beginning to the very end, you know that the beginning of the experience, as it is for the game, is very mesmerizing. You understand, you're like, oh, it's going all over the place. It's very traumatic, you know, very loud and difficult to listen sometimes to something that is very lush and simple, like uh, Steve Reich. We didn't mm -hmm. mention him. Right. But then the more you go through the soundtrack, the less craziness and the more feelings and the more personal aspects happen. And the one thing that is funny, I mean, funny, it's difficult. I mean, I don't want to say it, but something happened in my life the same time as I was doing this game and the game is about something that I can't talk about. <laughs> so it's difficult, you know, it's difficult. But there are a lot of personal experience because what I was experiencing is exactly what the main character is experiencing in his own way. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I've lived the same traumatic things, but the beautiful things that happened to him happened to me as well. And it was crazy because... It's so much related to how much you can give, you know, forget about the essentials when you're working hard and you just forget, you know, mm -hmm. that life mm -hmm. is not that. And this game is about this. It's about sometimes you just forget and you regret this. Yeah. That's why I'm very happy to have been doing this game. for talking with me today. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to episode 69 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Olivier Derivier and see a full playlist online at patreon.com level. Hey, thank you so much to those of you who have recently become patrons. That helps us out greatly and helps us with what we need to continue doing the show. If you haven't yet become a patron and you're a regular listener, give it a try for $1 a month, yeah? Yeah. 
I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc. Learn more about us at june-media.com, and June is J-O-O-N.